All right. How we doing? Good? Great? Love it. Thank you, Tia. I'm excited to finish up this series today on wisdom, but really, uh, we're, we're not going to close the book on wisdom just yet. We're going to continue to come back to this principle throughout the year, and um, fun thing to watch for. We're going to sort of track our progress with our little boat on the wall up here as we're sailing the ocean of God's wisdom. I feel like a children's show host or something, I don't know, but uh, it'll, be, it'll be great, fun to watch. So uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about perspective and how perspective matters. It changes how we see things. I think we all can agree on that. Sometimes you have, you have said those words, like, if you could just see it from my perspective, right? Um, I love this scene from Dead Poet Society, one of my favorite movies, where Professor Keating gets up on the desk to show the students, like sometimes you just have to get a different perspective of the world and then he makes them all, you know, stand up there on the desk and look around and then that leads to one of the greatest movie endings of all time when the students, I won't tell you, you should watch it. But we, perspective is, it, that's what he's demonstrating is like sometimes you just need to see the world from a different perspective because if you're locked into only one view, then you're missing something, something something's missing. So I think we can all agree, getting a new perspective is good but sometimes I think we tell ourselves, like, I'm, I'm locked in. Like, I can't really see this any differently. This is just how I was raised, or this is what I was taught, or this is the way I've always been. And, and I don't, I, on this particular issue or this part of my life, I, I just don't think I'm ever going to see it any differently. Well, today, Jesus is going to push back on that mentality a little bit as we get into some of his teaching from the Sermon on the Mount. But before we jump into that, we're going to review a little bit on uh, our teaching on wisdom. So what we've defined wisdom as uh, empowered to know and do what's best. And this is something I think we all want to grow in. I I want to get better at knowing and doing what's best. Um, It's even easier if I think about the people around me and how much I want them to grow in their ability to know and do what's best. But this is something that we believe is part of maturing in Christ is, is, is growing in godly wisdom. And we acknowledge that all wisdom comes from God, that it comes from his nature and his will, that we can understand that through some different, what we're calling rivers of wisdom that lead us to the ocean uh, of divine wisdom. And so uh, one of those rivers is the created world. It's, it's, it's all of creation. Romans 1 says, we look at creation and we can know things about God and who he is and what he wants through creation. Last week, we looked at God's words and works as a way that he reveals his nature and will to us, what he says and what he does. And we, we talked about how to read scripture in a way that, that we grow in our understanding of God's nature and will. And today, we're gonna look at the third um, river of wisdom, which is the person of Jesus. I'm gonna read this, uh, start with this passage from Hebrews chapter one that lays this out pretty clearly. So if you see, Underlined words on the screen, that's your part. Please read that aloud. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. That's pretty clear about who Jesus is, isn't it? He is the exact representation of God's being. 
If we wanna know God's nature and will, if we wanna understand who God is and what he wants for us and from us, we don't have to look any further than the person of Jesus. And so we're gonna look at Jesus's teaching today and uh, understand what he's trying to lead us into with a different perspective on the world around us and how uh, wisdom is living out Jesus's teaching. So uh, we're just sort of gonna do a quick overview of the Sermon on the Mount today. And we're gonna start at the end um, just for fun, just to throw you off a little bit. Actually, it's because I want you to go back and read the whole thing. So hopefully this will whet your appetite for the Sermon on the Mount. You'll go and read the whole thing. But let's start at the end because this, this is something that um, Matthew records in, in Matthew chapters five through seven as a, um, a summary of what Jesus sort of taught whenever he went around and, and preached. And this is a sermon about the kingdom of God. It's about life in the kingdom of God and what it looks like. From the very first lines, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, right? And so as he gets to the end, he's gonna start talking about how we enter the kingdom of God. So let's pick up with Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Away from me, you evildoers. So he says, there's, there's a way into the kingdom of God. You're invited in. We want you to come in. And he says, but not everyone who just says I'm in is in. You don't get to just declare yourself in. You're invited in and you get there according to God's plan. And so we kind of look at these things these people have said, like we've prophesied in your name, we've driven out demons, we've performed miracles in your name. And I don't know about you, but I kind of look at that and go, if that's not in, I don't know what in is, right? But Jesus says that's not in because you don't get to just make up your own list of the incredible things that you've done and say that that qualifies you. Jesus says, actually, I just really want you to do the will of my father. That's what we've said living by wisdom is, is knowing the nature and will of God and living by that, empowered to know and do what's best. So Jesus is gonna wrap up with this parable that um, may be familiar to you. Some of you, it's gonna remind you of a song that you learned as a child and feel free to just sing that to yourself silently, do the hand motions as we uh, read through this uh, parable. Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down and the streams rose and beat against that house. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose. Anybody sing a song in your head? Okay. You can share that with your friends later. So uh, Jesus has established what wisdom is. He says, if you want to be wise, if you, if you want to be wise, then you, you're going to put my words into practice. That you cannot separate knowing and doing, right? And we've said that about wisdom. Wisdom is empowered to know and do what's best. And you can't separate knowing and doing. If you try to separate them, that's, that's going to lead to foolishness, not wisdom. And so he uses this example of a wise man building house on, on the foundation of a rock. 
And this is what it looks like to, to grow and live in the kingdom of God is to put Jesus's words into practice. Well, which, which words? Because we kind of go, okay, like, I can, I can do that. I can put Jesus's words into practice. Which words? Can I choose which words seem like easiest for me or do I, am I signing up for all of them? Well, Jesus is wrapping up a sermon this way. So he's kind of saying, everything I just said, do that. And so we go back and we look at chapters five and six and we say, oh, what did he say? He's telling us that this is wisdom is to live out these words. So what did he say? And so in this sermon, I believe Jesus demonstrates um, what I'm gonna call a kingdom colored perspective on people, circumstances, and things. A kingdom colored perspective on uh, people, circumstances, and things. And so um, you've heard the phrase, uh, looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. Have you heard that? Um, so that's kind of what we're talking about. We're gonna, we're gonna put on a set of glasses or see the world uh, from a different perspective in a way that helps us recognize the kingdom of God and what it's supposed to look like. So I wanna demonstrate that just by showing you um, what the stage looks like here under different lighting, different colors. So let's, um, let's put some different colors on here, Gabe. Ooh, you know, I don't like that. Do you like that? <laughs> feels weird, ominous. Ooh, that's bad. Do I look like the Hulk? Is that? <laughs> I know I don't. Okay. Oh, purple. That's nice. I kind of like that. So as we kind of look at the stage at it in different colors, does it change a little bit how you see it? how you see me, how you see the instruments, how you see the wall, uh, the, the glass. It doesn't change what's up here, right? I'm still the same person, but it changes how you see what's up here. And this is what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us, as we live in this world, as we go about our daily lives, he wants to change our perspective on what we see and what we encounter. So the, the first place uh, he wants us to change our perspective is on people. So he wants us to have a kingdom-colored perspective of people, which says people have inherent dignity and worth. All people have inherent dignity and worth because all humans are made in the image of God. Therefore, we're, we have God's dignity and worth built into our DNA. It's who we are as human beings. And he wants us to shift our perspective to that. Is that something that you feel like our world would be improved by if everyone recognized the inherent dignity and worth of all humans? That sounds, that sounds like a good way to live, right? This is the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, everyone is recognized for their inherent dignity and worth. And so here's some of the things Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount uh, that point us to this. Uh, love your enemies, and do good to those who hate you. Why, why in the world would you do that? Why would you love people? And, and Jesus's idea of love is, is action. It's doing what's best for people. Why would you do what's best for people who don't like you, who are actively trying to disrupt your life? Well, because every person is created in the image of God with inherent dignity and worth. He says things like turn the other cheek and go the extra mile. Why, why would you do that? for somebody who is exerting authority over you because every human is created in the image of God with inherent dignity and worth. And so he teaches throughout this sermon things like do to others what you would have them do to you. Some of you've heard that. Maybe you didn't know that's in the Sermon on the Mount. 
So why, why would I have to take the initiative? Why do, why do I have to be the one to start with kindness and respect? Shouldn't people earn my respect? No, you, you start with respect because all human beings are created in the image of God with inherent dignity and worth. And God wants us to see people the way he sees people. So it's, it's, like, um, it's like this. This is, can you tell what this is? It's a little loaf of bread. It's like whole grain bread. That's why it's dark and it's got oats on the, uh, oops. Well, clean up aisle four. Um, so you, what you see is a loaf of bread and maybe you can decide by what you see, whether this is something that you would enjoy eating or not um, and uh, whether you would wanna give it a try. So what you see is different from what I see though. Like I see what you see, but I see more than that because I made it. And so I know exactly what kind of flour was used and the flour to water ratio and how long it rose and how long it proofed and how long it baked. And I I know everything about this loaf of bread because I I made it. And I wish, I wish that you could appreciate it the way I appreciate it. But um, unless you see it the way I see it, you you really can't. You have a limited perspective. And I think this is what God wants for us when we look at other people. He wants us to look at other people. He looks at people and he goes, I, I made those people that you are having a hard time being nice to, I made them. That, that neighbor that you have that's just on your nerves all the time, I made them. Your, your boss that's driving you up the wall, your employees who just don't seem to get it, your teachers, your classmates, your students in your class, I made them in my image. And they have inherent dignity and worth. And I just wish you could see what I see when I look at people. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to have this kingdom-colored perspective on people that they're made with inherent dignity and worth. And then Jesus is gonna say at the end, like, if you're wise, you will put into practice this teaching that people are deserving of dignity and worth. Next, he's gonna talk about a kingdom-colored perspective on our circumstances, the things that happen to us, the season of life that we're in, the situations in which we find ourselves. And Jesus's perspective is, uh, our circumstances are temporary and they can be leveraged for good. Our circumstances are temporary and they can be leveraged for good. And so uh, Jesus is going to talk about um, some circumstances that seem pretty rough. He's, He's gonna tell people not to worry about food or clothing. Don't worry about what you're gonna eat. Don't worry about what you're gonna wear. And, and for most of us, we're like, well, I, I don't really worry about those things. So I'm good, right? But Jesus is talking to a group of people that for them, finding enough food to eat for their family was a daily challenge. It, it was a struggle. Sometimes they didn't end up with enough food to eat for their family, food for their family to eat for a day. So He's, he's looking at these people who have, they know what hunger is. They know what it is to go without. And he's saying, don't, don't worry about food or, or clothing because the situation that you're in is temporary. Instead, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be provided. Jesus says, take this moment that you're in. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's worry about itself. Don't, don't borrow trouble. This is what most of our worrying is, is borrowing trouble from the future and things that haven't happened yet and that we're afraid are gonna happen. And he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Let's, let's stay in today. Let's stay in today because today is when we have an opportunity to do something good. Today is the day when we have an opportunity to seek first the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom in which 
All people have inherent dignity and worth. The kingdom in which our circumstances are temporary, our, our undesirable, bad, painful circumstances are temporary, and Jesus doesn't say this to minimize people's need, people's pain, or people's suffering. That's, that's real, but it's also temporary. And until Jesus comes back, our good seasons, when things are going great and everybody's getting along and, and we have everything we need, those seasons are temporary too. Because life is just this constant ebb and flow. And most of you live long enough that you, you get it. You're like, yes, that's how it works. Sometimes things are great. Sometimes they're not great. And, it, and around and around we go, right? And Jesus says, here's the, here's the perspective I want you to have. Don't, don't worry about your circumstances. They're temporary. But you can leverage your circumstances. You can leverage today for the kingdom of God. So that's what I want you to do. Live out this kingdom color perspective on whatever situation you're in because it's, it's all temporary until Jesus comes back and makes all things new and then we won't have anything to worry about. It's like, um, how many of you build sandcastles on the beach? You know, when you're, um, when you're a kid, maybe your kids or grandkids do. And uh, we kind of go through a, a process, a maturing process with our sandcastles. We start out with just with really like little hills when we're toddlers and there's not a whole lot to be proud of there. You know, your parents are like, hey, good job. But it's really, it's like, really? That's not going to be an engineer, are you? Um, and then as we get older, you know, preteen years, we get more serious and we get all the tools and you got the buckets and the shovels and the things and you're building the big, and, it, and it's like, okay, now that, that's, I'm proud of that. That's a sandcastle. But the tide's going to come in and wash it all away. That, that doesn't make the sandcastle or the process of building it any less meaningful and memorable but it's temporary. And Jesus just kind of wants us to look at our situation in life like that. Like, we, we're gonna do our best. We're gonna, we're gonna build the best sandcastle we can build. We're, we're gonna make the most of whatever moments we have. And then we're just gonna assume that things are gonna change. We're not gonna be shocked. And we're not gonna be afraid. But things are gonna change, right? That's a kingdom-colored perspective on circumstances. And last, um, Jesus wants us to have a kingdom-colored perspective on things, Things is just the stuff that we own, material possessions. So what is a kingdom color perspective on material possessions? Well, they too are temporary and can be leveraged for good. Our material possessions, our stuff is temporary and can be leveraged for good. Jesus has a lot to say about what we do with our money. And in this particular sermon, he's gonna say things like, don't store up treasures on earth. Why? Because moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. It's temporary. So don't, don't worry about accumulating as much as you can accumulate because it's all temporary. Instead, store up treasures in heaven. Focus on things that are eternal, peace and joy and purpose. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if, if you want your heart to be all in the kingdom, then that's, that's where your treasure's gotta be. You've gotta redefine treasure. You've gotta redefine resources. And then he, he says in his model prayer, this is what he wants you to pray every day. Father, give us today our daily bread. Just give us enough for today. I'll be content with that. If you give me enough for today, I'll be content. How many of you have enough for today and tomorrow? And if you were like to do a mental inventory of your uh, pantry and refrigerator, how, how long could you go before you had to go to the store? Pretty, pretty far. Most of us have more than enough for today. And so that's not even a worry. But Jesus says, that, that's the mindset with all of your stuff, like your bank account, your retirement account, your, your house, your cars, everything that you have, 
It's, it's all temporary, but how can you leverage it? How can you invest that stuff into eternal treasures, into the, the kingdom of God? Things that will never go away. That's, that's the challenge. Um, I, when I was uh, doing student ministry in Georgia, I was there for about six years, and every Christmas we did this um, event called Walk Through Bethlehem, where we would, we would build this, this whole village outside of our um, church building, and, and I was in charge of getting the materials. And so I would, I would make these trips to Home Depot or whatever. And uh, there was an older gentleman in the church named Fred Knight. And I would go to Fred. Fred had this big uh, flatbed, 16-foot trailer. And I would say, Fred, um, can I borrow your trailer to make a trip to Home Depot? And he would say the same thing every time. He would say, it's not my trailer. It's the Lord's. And if you need it, take it. And so I would, I, you know, first, first time we did that, we went through that. I took the trailer and got all the stuff and everything went fine. And then I was offloading some trash and I, I backed into a tree and I knocked the taillight uh, off the trailer. And so I went to, went to Fred and said, Fred, I've got some bad news. I, I knocked the taillight off your trailer. And he said, it's not my trailer. It's the Lord's. You, you knocked the taillight off the Lord's trailer. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot, <laughs> that's, that, that's worse. So, uh, so I put the, put the new taillight back on, and, and, um, but every year. And so I finally, I finally got used to just saying, Fred, can I borrow the trailer? Because I, <laughs> I didn't want to go through the whole, like, it's, but he would say it every time. It's not my trailer, it's the Lord's. And if, if you need it, take it. That's a kingdom perspective. That's a kingdom colored perspective of our stuff. It's just to be able to say, Hey, it's not, I'm just a caretaker. I, I'm just holding on to this for a little while. And if you need it, it's yours. It's a kingdom colored perspective. And, and it's, it's possible to leverage our stuff in, in these moments in time for good. So that's, that's the goal. So Jesus says, kingdom colored perspective on people, circumstances, and things. If you live this out, this is wisdom. So he, he tells this story about the wise and foolish builders. And it's really clear that there is, there's a cost to following Jesus. In the passage just before what, what, where we started in Matthew 7, Jesus says there's a narrow road and there's a, there's a wide road. There's a narrow gate and a wide gate. And, and the wide gate is, is, is pretty easy to find. It's pretty easy to walk that wide gate. But the narrow gate is, is gonna be challenging. It's gonna be difficult to find. It's gonna be a difficult path to walk. And, and what we're gonna face in our lives is uh, opportunities and temptations to find the easy way, the easy way. Digging down to the bedrock for the foundation of your house is not the easy way. The easy way is just to put it right on the surface, right? Same is true with your life. Digging down to find your true identity, who you are in Christ. Digging down to find the nature and will of God in Scripture. Digging down into the words of Jesus. It's, that's not the easy way. The easy way is just to Let's just try to get through, you know, I'm just gonna, I'll try to be nice, but I'm just trying to get through life and, and enjoy as much as I can. And that's the easy way. And, and there, there's a cost to following Jesus's way, but there's also a cost to not following Jesus's way. Because what happens to the foolish man's house when the storm comes? It falls with a great crash. Jesus is a life built on the sand and it's not gonna get you through. Does he say that the storms won't come for the people who build on the rock? No, storms are coming. Circumstances of life, ebb and flow. 
Difficult things are going to happen in your life. But if your foundation is on the rock, if you're living by godly wisdom with a kingdom-colored perspective, you'll get through it. But if you don't have that foundation, how many of you have been through something difficult and you know it's only by the grace of God that you're, you're moving forward and you've thought to yourself, how in the world does anybody do this without Jesus, without the church? How does anybody do this? Those are, those are the costs of not building on the rock. And we in the church, we can be just as guilty of this. We face all the temptations of taking the easy way. But if we're gonna build on the rock, we've gotta ask this question regularly. What is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? If I'm, if I'm gonna have a kingdom colored perspective on the people in my life, what is the wise thing to do? If, if everyone I come in contact with and the people I find most difficult and the people I tend to just ignore, but if they're created in the image of God, they have inherent dignity and worth, what is the wise thing to do? If I'm in a season where things just, just aren't going well at all and I just wish, I, my prayers are, God, just change this situation. What is, what is the wise thing to do if, I, if I'm convinced that my circumstances are temporary and they can be leveraged for good? What about with my, my money? What if I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching my goals, I'm, I'm getting where I want to be, I'm, I'm finding that I have more than I need, and, but if, if my stuff is temporary and can be leveraged for good, what is the wise thing to do? This is the question we wanna be asking in every area of our lives. This is where godly wisdom leads us. So as, as we're growing in wisdom, the, the, being empowered to know and do what's best, the Sermon on the Mount's a great place to start. And so I just wanna point you to a resource, the Bible Project. Some of you are familiar with this resource. Um, they have um, a series, they're going through the Sermon on the Mount for a year. <laughs> they're taking the whole year uh, to go through this, uh, these three chapters uh, in, in Matthew. And so they're, they're doing a real deep dive. So the way that you access this is through the podcast. So they have an app, the Bible Project app, and a podcast is on the app. It's also on the website. Um, and the podcast is also on whatever podcast thing you use, platform. So um, just encourage you, if that's something that kind of piqued your interest, you want to know more about that, dig into that through the, the Bible Project. But today, we're, we're going to just close with um, asking God kind of what, what step we need to take. So would you go ahead and stand? And we're just going to, as we think through these different areas, people, circumstances, things, what is the area where I need a kingdom-colored perspective, okay? And is there a step I need to take? When we talk about steps of faith, sometimes that's asking for forgiveness or offering forgiveness. Sometimes that's making some changes in what we do with our free time, making some changes in what we do with our money. Um, so just ask God, in which of these areas do I need a kingdom-colored perspective? Sometimes the step is, is to, to do something, like a thing that moves me closer to Jesus. Baptism is one of those steps that we take, that we say, hey, I wanna be all in with Jesus. And so if that's, if that's something that's on your mind or you've thought about and never done, we'd love to talk to you more about baptism. That's a step of faith that you can take. But we're gonna just pray for a minute about our steps of faith. So uh, would you uh, pray with me? God, thank you so much for the wisdom of Jesus. And I just ask that you would um, convict our hearts of the areas where we need to grow in godly wisdom and uh, empower us through your spirit to do that in a way that helps us to make our church family, our world a better place and, and draw people to you. In Jesus' name, amen.